eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, most likely it will be Joe Girardi, the veteran catcher drafted from the Chicago Cubs. As it's driven to left field and deep and Mitchell goes back and out it goes. That's the first home run for Joe Girardi. What was it like the first time you put on the Cub uniform? It was a thrill because it was my boyhood dream to play for the Chicago Cubs. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score always a delight to get a chance to talk to Joe Girardi. does such a great job on the Marquee Sports Network, and we're delighted to welcome him on the score hotline powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Joe, good morning. How are you? I'm good, gentlemen. How are you? Doing well. We're, we're, the last couple of nights have kind of done some head-ins around here, and, and we've yeah. got some, mm. some second-guessing and a lot <laughs> of arguing going on. And, you know, I think that you were, you were fantastic with uh, Seiya Suzuki after uh, after that first loss when uh, when he lost the ball in the sun or whatever that was, um, that was painful because you thought if you make that catch and it seemed like a uh, uh, the kind of catch that you just naturally make, um, you win the game. And, and I know you still have a lot of work to do, and I know there's a ninth inning, and I know that team hits home runs for a living – but it just left you kind of battered. And, I, you know, I, I'm not sure if how he's feeling, Joe, or how you can give a guy a lift when he's really hard on himself and he, and he has a moment like that. Well, I think the lift probably comes with him being productive. I mean, he has to somewhat lift himself. And I'm sure the players have rallied behind him. And we saw him in batting practice lefting ye- or laughing yesterday. So it looked like his mind had somewhat cleared. But – I mean, this is a time of year that there's a lot of pressure. And, you know, I thought his at-bats were pretty good yesterday. He walked, he flied out deep to right field. So I, I, I think he was able to turn the page. And I think that's really good growth for him just because early in the year, it didn't seem that he could do that. He couldn't get out of his own way. And I thought his at-bats were pretty good last night. Even though he had nothing to show for it, 
early on, I liked what he was doing. Joe, if you're the manager in the other dugout and Ronald Acuna Jr. had stolen the base and did what he did last night and the celebration ensued with the video tribute and all of that in the midst of the 10th inning of a game that was still in doubt and meant as much as it did, what would your reaction have been in that spot? I don't want to take anything away from Ronald Acuna because I think he's clearly the MVP and he's one of the best players, all around players that I've ever seen. But it was not a record. It, yes, it is a record in the sense that no one's ever had 40 and 70. I get that. But it wasn't the stolen base record. And I, I wouldn't have been happy about it just because, you know, I want my pitcher to stay in rhythm and I'm and we're fighting for our lives. Now, if it's a meaningless game, I'm not going to be bothered. But because of I have a rookie on the mound. I don't want him sitting around there. I would have been. I would have been like, "What are we doing here?" But you know, it's baseball and it is entertainment, and you can't forget that. And he is, you know, to me, he's the MVP of the league. But we're trying to win a game here, and I, it, it would upset me. Do you think it impacted uh, Palencia? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know him well enough. Uh, you know, he managed to throw strikes after that. Unfortunately. You know, it ended up being a base hit, but, um, it, you know, it didn't seem like that it took anything away from his stuff. Joe, obviously today is as important as yesterday and the day before. Marcus Stroman goes to the mound. The stakes are as high as they could possibly be. We saw Stroh last Saturday come back, start a game, do what he could. What do you expect from Marcus Stroman today? I'm not sure. I mean, I would hope that because he was on a routine that he would be be better and that his sinker was getting the ball in the ground. It seemed like the inning he got in trouble, they were able to get the ball in the air. And that's, you know, that's, that was a problem. So I think that, that for Marcus, he's got to get back to what he was April, May, and June. And, and, you know, this is his last start of the regular season. So now's the time. I mean, they really need him to give some distance. And I know he's not, really uh, that built up, but he can be efficient. And this is an aggressive team. So if you can stay on the corners and you can stay down, you can get some quick outs. Maybe you can get deep in the game. This segment with Joe Girardi is brought to you by Access One, best in the business, managed IT, cybersecurity, and more. AccessOneIT.com. And Joe, you know, it's a sad reality and we all know it. That when you when your closer's out, when you have injuries in your bullpen, everyone's role changes, and you're moving guys in and out from roles that they're familiar with. And you know, clearly at this point, we have seen the Cubs bullpen. It it's it's on fumes. I mean, it's just really hard to get innings out of these guys. And and I think there's a good explanation as to why. But how does that impact how you use people as a manager? How does that sort – I mean, you know, we've had people call today say you're at a point now where you need all hands on deck. And if you have to go to tomorrow's starter, you do it because you got to win a game. How do you make those decisions and how do you balance the pennant push with the reality of injuries in the bullpen? Well, I think you have to look at the reality of injuries and you can't injure – anyone else and you know you have to still be smart on how you use guys yes I understand that you ask for a little bit extra this time of year you maybe ask a guy to go three times in a row but again when guys are fatigued they're not as effective and and I think that's what they're kind of going through right now with the loss of 
Adbert and Fulmer and Boxberger, there's less to spread around in these challenging innings, and it becomes much more difficult to manage. And you can't run a guy into the ground and, and put him on the I.L. I mean, they have enough people on the I.L. So it's really challenging for David Ross. And, you know, I think he's doing the best he can to get the most out of each guy and put him in the, in the best situation for them to be successful without killing them. Because if you run them into the ground, they will not be effective. And then, and then what do you have? So I think you're in a, in a great spot, Joe, because you provide all the analysis and insight, and, and we benefit from that as viewers watching at home. I do wonder uh, if you have some of the same second-guessing uh, instincts that we all do as fans and, and media members. Like yesterday, Christopher Morrell has been a really impactful bat in this season for the Cubs, and maybe they're not where they are without some of his clutch hits and, and long balls. He didn't swing a bat yesterday, and it's just really – hard to accept even harder to accept a loss like that when you have one of your best hitters not even get off the bench what is the mindset and what's the approach do you think from David Ross's perspective and and maybe from last night with Christopher Morrell and moving forward even if you don't have the matchup you may want with the with the pitcher on the mound well I think he looks at matchups and who Christopher matches up well against Uh, you know I think it's important that it, it seems that he struggles with pitchers that are able to elevate the ball really well um, those are the guys that give him trouble. He does hit sliders pretty well, not so much curveballs and changeups um, from what I've seen. And I think he looks at individual matchups. So you, you look at Christopher Morrell and you say, okay, where could I have used him? Well, I thought Talkman had a pretty decent game. So then if you don't use him as the DH, I'm not sure where you put him. You know, Haps swung the bat pretty well last night. You look at what Say has been doing, Bellinger. Sometimes – you know, and probably with Master Boney swinging the bat so well, um, he went with those guys. I, I, I'm sure had the game went longer, there might have been a pinch hit opportunity. Maybe he, he hits for PCA if PCA's spot comes around. I, but it never got back to that, and that's probably why he didn't get in the game. So I, I understand. I mean, Christopher's went through this. He goes through ups and downs, and I think Rossi probably has a pretty good feel of who he matches up well against and who he doesn't. Joe, I'm, I'm looking at a tweet from our guy, John Heyman. He joins us every week, and he says the Marlins have a negative 58 run differential. The Cubs are plus 99, yet they're tied for the final wild card spot with four games to go, and we know that the Marlins have the uh, tiebreaker. Why does that upset me so much? That is just a – that just seems wrong. Yeah, it does. It doesn't um... – it doesn't like fit what should fit. But if you look at the Cubs and I'm not sure how many they have now, but you go back a month and they were like, they were second in 10 run ball games where they scored 10 or more runs. And I think that's really added to that discrepancy. Um, Texas is another team that has done that as well. And they're fighting for their lives. So you can have big outbursts, but, what you want is to have consistent run scoring. You want to be able to score five a night. If you score five a night, you're probably going to win 90 games is, is what's going to happen. But the Cubs have been a team that scored 10, and then the next couple of days they might score two or one. And that's, that's probably why they don't have the record that the run differential would support. Now, the Marlins, they're in one-run games all the time. That's who they are. So 
they probably have been blown out a few times. And it's not an offense that puts up 10 runs very often. And that's why, you know, their run differential is where it is. Pete Crow Armstrong is a terrific prospect and an even better interview. Everything you about the kid you like. But I'm asking a question that I don't think we're going to ask uh, next spring. But in September right now, I think it's relevant because I wonder if he's trying a little hard. And I wonder if he's doing a little, trying to do too much. How much, as a manager, would you trust Pete Crow Armstrong in these final four games of the season? You know, I haven't seen him play enough in the minor leagues to see how he plays. If if the way he plays here is the way he played down there, I, I think it's only natural to try to do a little bit too much. I, I do um, because he's trying to provide a spark, and when he gets in there, it's to play defense, to to go run everything down, it's to steal a base, it's to take the extra base, and he's been very aggressive. We've seen him, you know get off the base a little bit too much and and there's plays, you know, whether it's a pick at third or at first, but I just think it's natural. And and I would say that if you look at teams that are fighting for their lives in the playoffs, outs in the, on the bases in the month of September, four of the five teams I think are, are the top four or five teams are those teams. You know, it's the Seattle's, it's the Cubs, it's the Cincinnati teams that are really trying to push the envelope and it's costing them at times. But I think the game will slow down for PCA as he gets a chance to play more and more, and I think you'll make, see him make good decisions. Joe, I don't know if you have a general feeling about whether or not the Cubs are going to make it. I mean, it's a really difficult time of year. They really can't afford to lose too much more, and now they got to go to the Brewers, and that's a lot uh, more difficult than their, than their opponents. What uh, what are you anticipating at this point after two heartbreaking losses? Yeah, they have to win tonight, I, I believe, because they are going to Milwaukee, and they're basically a game behind Miami when, when you look at it. If they both were to go 3-1, and one, the Cubs don't make it. If they both go 2-2, two and two, the Cubs don't make it because of Miami has this high break. So I look at them being a game behind. You can't afford to get two games behind with three to go. And Miami is going to Pittsburgh. Now, I know Pittsburgh has played better, um, and they've scored some runs. But, you know, I would expect those games to be close like Miami has done. And Miami has played well in the month of September where the Cubs, it's been a struggle for the Cubs. And interesting enough, the Cubs' starting pitching has been good in September. And at times they've scored a lot of runs, but it just seems they can't put the games together where the starting pitching is good, the relief is good, and and the hit all in the same game. It's been kind of spread out. So I think for the Cubs, it's about as close to a must-win tonight as you're going to get. Were you a meeting guy before a series like this or a game like tonight? Were you a guy that, as a manager, said, okay, we need to reestablish what's important and what we need, and desperate times call for desperate measures? Or were you somebody that, okay, you go to the park, you need to treat it like the other 161 games? I would treat it like the other 161 games. Players understand what they have to do. There is – there is no secret that you have to play good in all facets of the game today. You, you have to. And, you know, I'm not sure who they'll have in their bullpen. I, it would be a push probably to pitch Smiley today, but I'm sure he'll say, I'll take the ball. Um, it really hurts that they don't have Adbert. I think they have good leadership in the clubhouse. And, I, and, and the last thing you want the guys to do is to, to get tight. You want them to be able to relax and, and just go play baseball. And, 
you know, they've had a chance to win these last two games. Um, they haven't been able to finish. They've lost, I believe, seven in a row on the road, and they need to turn it around today. Joe, thanks a ton. Great stuff. Really appreciate uh, your time. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, guys. Have a great day.